Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Communication Mixed Down. The show that takes a critical look at contemporary media. And explores the way we use communication to make sense of the world around us. From social media to citizen journalism. To the logo on the front of your favourite T-shirt. It's all part of the Communication Mixdown. Each week, Thursday, 6 to 6.30. Communication Mixdown. Cranking up. Right here on 3CR. This is Communication Mixdown, and this is our first show for 2018. I'm John Langer. And I'm Bronwyn Cran. And if there's one news story that's shaped the news cycle this summer, it's the story about the so-called African gangs in Melbourne. The reporting is cut across all media outlets with the Australian and the Herald Sun newspapers and the commercial television channels having a field day, dog-whistling and stirring up race-based rhetoric and outrage. This week on Communication Mixdown, we're taking a look at the media coverage of what's been continuously referred to as Melbourne's African gang crisis. But to start, and I want to make this perfectly clear, the continuous use of that label African gang is already a way to critique, to into a critique of the media's coverage. Africa is actually a continent made up of 53 different countries with vast numbers of cultures, ethnicities, languages, and traditions. As one commentator wrote, it would be like calling crime gangs in Italy European gangs. So much for the media's attention to detail. Our first guest this week is Ben Miller. Ben is a senior journalist with Star Weekly and The Age in Melbourne. He is also a resident of Melbourne's western suburbs and a keen user of Twitter. Welcome, Ben. Thanks, Bronwyn. Thanks, John. I'd like to begin with a question about the article you posted two weeks ago on Mianjin magazine's blog. Ben, your, your article was entitled Ganging Up on African Australians. Can I ask, what prompted you to write this article? I think as was laid out quite clearly with the introduction, with John speaking about the fact that the dog whistle has been well and truly brought out and, and summers has been a, a perfect sort of uh, a storm, I guess, of, of African game reporting. And I've, I've lived in the West, I've worked in the West, and a big part of that has been covering crime and... One thing I have noticed is that whenever there's a crime that involves a person of African appearance, it's the sort of phrase we see, there's suddenly a little bit more attention from the media. And this is nothing new. This goes back to Moomba and, and the sort of apex views and things like that. And, and uh, it goes back a lot further. We've had issues with racial profiling, um, particularly around the Flemington Kensington area by police and We've had quite a few studies which have shown that in terms of the media's treatment of crime by people 
to a safety of African uh, appearance, there's, there's definitely a different way that's being handled. So in terms of this particular article, I, I felt it was important because whilst across that time, so I've worked for, for about eight years in the West, and I usually just use the stories, I guess, to, to give voice to a broader cross-section than we might hear from in the main mainstream media, what we didn't have on, on this, I guess, issue was a sort of self-critique coming from within the media. There was this sense that they were simply reporting facts, and, and, and I took some issue with that. Ben, ben, it's John Langer here. I was just wondering if you... Uh your your rece- mobile reception is a, is a little bit creaky at the moment. I'm wondering if you could m- maybe move around a bit or... Uh... Yeah, certainly. Uh, how's this, John? Yep. Let, let, let <laughs> ben, let, Bron will ask you the next uh, question and we'll, we'll see how, we, how we're going. Sorry to interrupt. No, that's fine. So, Ben, that, that, that was really interesting, um, what you said of your motivations for, for writing the article. In your article, you, obs- you observe how the journalist's code of ethics has played out in various media reports as- about the so-called African gang crisis. Could you unpack for us some of your observations about ethical reporting around this issue? I, I can certainly try. Um, I, I have. I will say, over the last couple of weeks, I have seen more examples of ethical reporting than we saw, particularly in the, the first week or so of January. But I, I think we're looking, what, three weeks on, and, and we're still seeing some clear examples where, where those ethical, I guess we'll call them, um, guidelines are, are not being adhered to. And, and particularly, this is about making race a, a, a primary sort of issue in reporting. And, and what we're doing is we're foregrounding one particular attribute of of an alleged offender over everything else. We're not talking about the fact that they're male or female or, or, or socio-demographic aspects. We're drawn to crimes which are being carried out or allegedly carried out by Africans. And this is this is not balanced, this is not proportionate, and this is not what journalism should be about. I think we can have a conversation about what might be happening within Melbourne, within the um, broader African community, or drill down to the Sudanese or South Sudanese community and, and look at issues of youth disengagement and all those things. And we can discuss race in relation to those, but when we have crimes which are suddenly on the front page of the Australian, which would never have been on the front page of the Australian before, which would not be on the front page of the Australian if it was a Caucasian offender, and we have words, quite loaded terms like thug being used, which we know has connotations, particularly coming from the American context with, uh, you know, it basically stands in for the N-word. That's when we are stretching ethics quite, quite stretchily. Indeed, Ben, and um, and I think that those ethics continue to be. I'll, I'll come back to those, those those ethics being stretched a little bit later in our interview. Um, I said earlier that you're a keen user of Twitter. Your Twitter account's been running hot on this issue since you posted the Mianjin article on January 12. 
Could you tell us what sort of media responses there have been to your article, social media responses? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's been very interesting, and I guess we could say it's happened in waves. And, and the first wave was a very, I guess, positive response. And I got the sense that people thought there was there was an aspect of all this which was being aired, which perhaps they hadn't come across or perhaps might have reflected thoughts they'd had that weren't really being addressed in the media. And so there was a lot of positive, supportive sharing. Uh, but soon after that, I guess, there was the, the backlash. And obviously there were um, some, some quite less than pleasant uh Misses kind of fired my way, and certainly once um, a few of the sort of uh, dingo Twitter attacks kind of shared it amongst themselves. It was a bit of open slather in terms of some, um, you know, things that moved a bit beyond critique. We could say. Ben, ben it's John here. Were you were you fairly uh, surprised or, or shocked by the, some of these responses to to you? I, I would not say shocked. Uh, I'm a, a user of social media. I, I spend enough time on Facebook and on social media. In terms of the attacks coming towards me, that was less usual, but I, I certainly know that people who who speak in this space or who speak about feminist issues or, or any issues which are setting themselves up as targets, you know, they live through this. 365 days. I, I've had a few weeks of it, but that it's certainly not something that I, you know, I, I wouldn't have expected in in terms of it putting a voice forward and and not just hiding behind you know some some carefully presented news stories, but actually putting myself, mm. I guess, within this debate. I have noticed you putting yourself in that debate, and also the way that you do respond on Twitter which um, is to not shut people down but to have a dialogue with them? Look, I, I think it's important and I, I don't want to think that if somebody disagrees with me that that makes them a troll. I think that some some criticisms could certainly be valid and in terms of the initial thread I put together, it was put together in a very sort of quick and um, it, it was measured and, and thought through but it, it was certainly not uh, kind of a, a thesis I'd been working on for the last year or two. It was very much a response to, to what I'd been seeing in the press in the last couple of days and I, I try and take on board any any points people might make, and a, a lot of people have come back with the whole. Well, if you look at a per capita rate, the South Sudanese are overrepresented, and I try to point out the fact that I I have certainly acknowledged this, and and that is part of the conversation. And my point is more about the fact that the way the media represents these crimes also has its own issues of over-representation. And, and I think we've seen that borne out in the research that's out through the Productivity Commission in the fact that Melbourne is living in fear. And, and we've had a massive jump in how afraid people are at a time where we're increasingly safe and, and the current mm. statistics support that. And yet our sense of fear driven through media, through federal politicians in particular, and, and also through social media, is is making you know enough people in Melbourne lie awake at night thinking that the African hordes are going to knock down their door. That this is you know 
the, the damage I think has been sort of done and what the media does from here is, is I think important but I think in a lot of ways we're sort of seeing so many of the effects of that and I, I think you'll probably be able to, to get some insight into that from, from your guest later tonight. Indeed and I mean that's the, that's what we're talking about isn't it this media created crisis Um I'm just interested in your assessment of the mainstream media reporting of the crisis, the so-called African gang crisis. For example, the Australians continuing to run African-focused crime stories under a state of disorder banner. I think there was one today and one yesterday. Have you noticed? Have you noted any improvements in any aspects of the reporting in the last two weeks? You you, you mentioned something earlier. Uh, I could point to perhaps one or two examples within uh, each of those outlets where we might have had perhaps a few more voices from the community themselves, from the uh, Sudanese and African community. But these have been absolutely swamped by the same sorts of sensationalist reporting that, that we have seen since since the outbreak. And I think the, the fact that, I mean, the politics of, of a dinkus like a state of dis- disorder just highlights how much this is a, a, a politically driven campaign which is supported by that outlet in particular, by some of the commercial media, in, which is boosting the, the, um, the tough-on-crime sort of mantra we get from the opposition in Victoria who, if, if we hadn't had a certain lobster affair, would, would be... We're running a lot harder on this, but in some ways they've sort of left to their federal counterparts to to fuel those fires, and and now you will see the opposition leader not talk so much about this crisis, but capitalise upon it by trotting out these kind of law and order, tough on crime policies, and now we have the, I guess the culture wars reignited, and and we're talking about. Australian values in our schools, and of course Australian values have to be in, in contradistinction to other values, which are presumably those being you know, imported by these African crime gangs. And he doesn't have to spell that out because people are making that connection themselves. Spot on, Ben. I'm glad you raised the lobster, the lobster scenario, and also the culture, culture wars, the, the coming culture wars in Victoria, which we're planning on looking at next week. Look, Ben, we're going to have to leave it there. So, thank you very much for your time today. Thanks, Bronwyn. Thanks, John. Ben Miller is a senior journalist with the Star Weekly and the Age in Melbourne. Making Waves features the powerful tales of nuclear survivors from Japan and Australia travelling aboard Peace Boat's voyage to five Australian cities this summer. On the 1st of February in Melbourne, join us for a unique gathering of Japanese survivors of the atomic bombings in Hiroshima and Nagasaki, ex-farmers from Fukushima, Indigenous survivors of nuclear testing in Australia and the Nobel Peace Prize winning international campaign to abolish nuclear weapons. Hear the stories and help us make some noise for Australia and Japan to sign the Nuclear Weapons Ban Treaty. 6pm on February 1 at ACME, Federation Square. Book online at icanw.org forward slash au. ICANN is a 3CR supporter.
with you're with Communication Mixdown, and this week we're looking at the media coverage of the so-called African gang crisis in Melbourne. Now, one of the major absences in the coverage is hearing the voices of people from the African community. Maker Mayek is someone who's decided to do something about it. He's a lawyer and a co-campaigner behind the hashtag African Gangs social media campaign. Welcome to Communication Mixdown. Welcome to Communication Mixdown. Thank you, thank you. Pleasure to be on the program. And uh, let me start with something uh, basically about your media, social media campaign. What was it about and what was the thinking behind it? Well, the, um, the hashtag African Gangs came about as, uh, as a result of uh, uh, the headlines that went on for, uh, for quite some time, really beginning from uh, mid-December uh, to early parts of January. Now, the following um, Minister Peter Dutton's comments that the people of Melbourne were afraid to, to go out to restaurants the the uh, some media houses uh, took up the debate, and the whole African gangs issue became as as uh, something that was smearing the whole community of the um, uh, the, 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 the the African community and uh, the South Sudanese community as a whole. So I realized this is something that wasn't going to go away. So what I did, and um, that was on Twitter, uh, I changed my uh, profile name to. African gang because it's you know and I said I sent out a message to all my followers and other other Africans and said look if this is um, if this is uh, if we don't own up to the name I think uh, this is not going to go away it's, it's time that we spoke for ourselves it was picked up by my friend uh, uh, Natalina Andrew and uh, the hashtag went out and uh, what the intention was to uh, to say yes. This is what you're saying, but this is us. We, you know, mm. we've got doctors, we've got uh, lawyers, we've got professionals, we, we've got all sorts of people uh, making contributions uh, to to the progress of this country. We pay taxes, and uh, you know, we're not what 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 uh, what is being uh, being peddled out in the uh, in the media. I so, was... and then it became headlines, and all our friends and connections in the social media picked up, and uh, uh, surprisingly became. Uh, 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 you know, something that uh, Australians have said. You know, this is this is this is not on. Uh, Maker, I was going to ask about the response. How were people in the African community relating to the campaign, and what happened in terms of community input? Like, can you describe some of the things that you saw on the on the feed? Well, what 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 we saw was or on the feed was the. Uh, the, the Africans um, uh, responding to uh, to the to the hashtag and uh, uh, putting their their best forward, um, uh, talking to the uh, um, um, talking directly to the Australian people, saying this is this is us. We're we're a different class of people. So the input has been uh, that the the response of the African community to the is to is to appeal to the wider uh, Australian community, saying we're we're not we're not the people that are um, uh, being the, the way we're being labelled in the media and by the uh, coalition politicians. Mm-hmm. Did you feel that you uh, your campaign got got a reasonable response from the mainstream media as well? Once once these things were being put out. Can I can I just say, John, the, yes. uh, that I've always suspected 
that Australian people do not uh, um, endorse uh, these uh, racist um, sensationalist headlines. So I've been, I came to this country about 14 years ago and uh, as a teenager. And what, what I've seen throughout the, the, you know, the, uh, um, this period is uh, 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 an extremely warm uh, collection of people from all different walks of life. Mm. Um, we, we've, we've seen some really good reception from a lot of people. You know, I've, I've always just really suspected Australian people do not endorse uh, uh, this uh, uh, implicit uh, racial bias, mm. and I wasn't surprised when the you know the um, the the hashtag uh, when it trended because it's Australian mm. people came out and said we do not endorse this. Uh, mm. it's, uh, we 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 don't agree with what politicians are saying. We don't agree with what uh, uh, select few. Uh, the, the media houses are saying, and good um, uh, um, uh, 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 newspapers and um, media houses have responded and have, uh, 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 have carried the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, particularly, mm-hmm. you know, we, we've got some really good journalists from the, the age which which carried the the, 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 the news initially. Uh, you know. People like Benjamin Miller have, uh, have, have, yes. have come out and, and, and wrote articles, uh, you know, about this, and which are extremely in support. So it's it's it's, it's something that I've always suspected mm. that Australians do not uh, endorse all these uh, uh, crazy headlines. That's uh, very good to hear that you're saying this. Actually, thanks very much for that. And um, I wanted to go on and talk a little bit more about the social media campaign because. The interesting thing that you you wrote, one of the things you said in what you what you wrote in the, in an article in the Guardian was that there are still real challenges ahead for government, for policymakers, for funding bodies, and for the African community as well. If you now, this is a really big question, but if you had to prioritize at this point in time, what would you say the number one thing had to be had to be underway more or less right now? Yes, and let's not. Uh, I think it would be uh, it would be foolish to write off that uh, there are all these, some of those uh, problems, John. Uh, we, we see the some of the statistics, although some of these statistics were completely exaggerated as it's, it's come out. Uh, you know, this week, um, the 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 uh, you know it was at one point four percent, one point one point one percent of the, uh, the the those crime statistics. Still, those are real problems because. Uh, a crime, uh, a crime is a crime. A crime should always be dealt with uh, in, in the best way possible. What we need to see uh, is the best way that we can deal with these young people. Um, if they they need the support, they mm-hmm. need the support of the, the community where they come from. They need the support of our uh, the the, the uh, governments. This is not we're, we're we're not talking only about Victoria. We're we're, we're talking about countrywide. Mm. Now the South Sudanese community is all you know spread across the country, um, and we want the support of uh, state governments, uh, territory governments. We want the support of the federal government. Let's 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 uh, work together and find out where the real problems are. Mm. What's what's contributing to some of these young people? Uh, going out to, uh, to, uh, to commit burglaries and robberies and, and, and all these other offenses that are that are being named in the statistics. What's the real driving force? Because I honestly believe there's not there's, there's not anyone who would want to uh, 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 just.
just want to just love the love of crime. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there has to be a real, real reason, you know, mm-hmm. for it. And the thing is, also, John, this is the the South Sudanese community is a, is a community transition. Um, majority of uh, South Sudanese came to, to this country. It's been probably uh, something uh, about a decade of, uh, um, and over since the people tra- came to this country, and. A, com- a community transition is always bound to uh, face problems, okay? So we need to acknowledge and accept these problems are always going to be there and work together with the uh, with, the, with the state governments and uh, the federal government and the community and all the mm. stakeholders uh, try to assist these young people in the best way that we can. Um, not to really just uh, uh, create this disinformation Mm. Um, all these, you know, falsehood of there's a there's a there's a gang there's a gang crisis. Uh, there's no there's no crisis. I don't accept it mm. for mm. a bit that there's a crisis, but there are real problems to be tackled. Maker, we're going to have to leave it there. There's there's a whole bunch more that I I would very much like to discuss with you, and perhaps we can catch up again in a few months' time and just get your overview again. So uh, I want to thank you very much for being on Communication Mixdown. It's been a pleasure talking to you, John, and to, to the good people in Melbourne. Thanks very much. Thank you. That was Maker Mayek, and he's a member of the South Sudanese community, a lawyer, and the, as you heard, the co-campaigner behind the hashtag African Gangs social media campaign. We'll put links to all the relevant material discussed in today's show on the Communication Mixdown website. And that's it for this week. We're here next Thursday.